0: Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Once again, I'm pleased to bring you the audio of our Senior Chapel Talks from this past week by Michael Blass, Nico Planchet, and Audrey Zardowski, TMI Class of 2019. Our first featured talk is by Michael Blass. Michael started attending TMI his freshman year. He's hoping to attend the University of Texas or Texas A&M next fall, where he plans to study biochemistry. When not in class, you'll find Michael volunteering or grilling for his family and friends. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk.
1: Mistakes. We've all made them, and we've all tried to avoid them. But if they did not happen, we wouldn't have their learning experiences. We've all had those days where everything goes wrong. This is because it is impossible for anybody to be perfect. That is why this talk is not about how to avoid real making a mistake, but realizing that they will happen and need to be dealt with. Now, I'm not going to say that every time I made a mistake, I followed the proper steps to dealing with it. Trust me, if I had, my mom would not be as angry with me as often. So instead, here I am telling you how I messed up and wrongfully dealt with my mistakes and what I learned from them. There are three steps when dealing with mistakes that have been made. First, it is admitting to them. Let's jump back to my times at San Antonio Academy, back in the fifth grade. We used to keep a reading log. After reading your book, you needed a parent to sign it, verifying that you read. Well, my reading log was due, and I was missing the signature. I had done the reading, but I was going to get a zero without it. I didn't want to receive the zero, so I did the easiest thing. I forged it. Why did I do that? Honestly, I thought it was the logical choice at the time. However, my teacher could easily tell the difference between my mom's signature and my horrible forgery. I learned that day that I'm not good at faking signatures and that lying about a mistake will only make a situation worse. Once the people you've lied to find out what you did, they usually, and they usually do, it is hard for them to trust you afterward. I received a zero for that week's reading. My mom and dad gave me a lecture about lying that night, and I was grounded for three months. So yeah, you can say I dug myself in a pretty deep hole. But the worst part was that my parents and teachers lost trust in me. People can't trust somebody who's not willing to admit their actions, both the good and the bad. The actions that you carry out are what define you as a person. Making a mistake does not make you a bad person, but not admitting to your mistake makes you a liar. And how can you expect people to trust you if you lie to them? The second step to dealing with a mistake is learning from it. Learning from your mistake is the most important step out of the three. Now, I'm terrible at managing my time. Procrastination is something I'm very familiar with. I wish this was a mistake that I learned to overcome, but it isn't. To this day, I procrastinate, and it has seriously affected my school and family life. I've not always gotten the grades I wanted and couldn't spend as much time with my family. I've lost time that I could have spent bonding with my little brother, but instead I was trying to cram for the next day's test. I'm trying to learn from my mistakes, because if I don't learn my lessons, then I will not have changed, and I'll have just wasted a moment to grow as a person. And there's always a reason why a mistake happens, whether it be getting a bad grade and you didn't study, whether it be you got in a car accident and you probably shouldn't have been looking away from the road while driving. There's always something to be learned from mistakes. Always choose to analyze the situation to avoid making the same mistake again and again. The final step to making, the final step to preventing a mistake that has already been made is putting your learned thoughts into action. If you thought that the consequences of your mistakes were bad, imagine the pain when you repeat the mistake and the consequences are even greater the second time. Once a mistake has been made, it is easy to simply move on and act as if nothing happened. You should be motivated to become a better person. If you repeat the same mistakes, then you as a person will never grow and will be left behind. Every day, I have to keep reminding myself that I must stay focused and not be distracted when the task at hand can have a negative consequence when I'm not paying attention. So my my mistakes are my own, and they will make me who I am, and I will have to live with those consequences. But if I can deal with them in a positive manner, then I am immediately helping myself become a better person. So no matter what happens in life, always remember to be honest, to learn from your past, and to turn your knowledge into actions. Thank you.
0: Our second featured talk is by Nico Planché. Nico started attending TMI during his freshman year. Next fall, he plans to study at Baylor University, Vanderbilt, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, or Pepperdine. He will be studying science and plans to major in biology or chemistry with future plans to attend medical school. When not in class, you'll find Nico enjoying his time as an older brother and mentor to his two siblings and spending time with friends. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk.
2: One of the greatest feelings in the entire sport of baseball is the moment that your foot touches home plate. In baseball, that term is coming home. Today I want to talk to you about my four years at TMI and how I have come home. As many of you know, I've been fortunate enough to be on the varsity baseball team since my freshman year. I've hit thousands of baseballs in the cage and on the field. I've fielded baseballs from practically every direction and every speed. And admittedly, some baseballs have managed to sneak past my glove and strike me in a few undesirable and quite sensitive regions of my body. If it isn't apparent yet, I'm very passionate about baseball, and i put thousands of hours into practicing, traveling, and playing games. Although I enjoy the sport of baseball, I've never looked into the actual baseball itself, not as a pitcher pitching the game or as a hitter running the bases, but as the actual ball. However, once I did, I saw that my life is very much, in essence, reflected by the baseball. What I hold here is the outer skin, the surface. This outer layer can sometimes appear pearly and shiny with gleaming red stitched into a simple yet necessary horseshoe pattern. When the ball hits the dirt, it becomes scuffed and the umpire quickly rubs the scuffs out. This, the skin of the baseball, is the skin that I sometimes present to my coaches, teachers, and friends. There have been times during my t- journey at TMI where I have been scuffed along the way, where my chin has hit the dirt and I felt worn. On many of those occasions, when I have been scuffed, I quickly wipe them away and pretend they never happened, despite the fact that I am still bruised. I pretend as if my baseball is shiny and new. We all have an outer layer. Some people's outer layer, i found, Cruises more easily than others. Unfortunately, through some of my actions and words, I have caused some scuffing to others. Now, to all my friends and family that I myself have scuffed along the way, and maybe to some that I have hurt or betrayed, I want to take a brief moment to apologize to you. I'm sorry for wronging you in the past and for failing to have been there as I should have, for scuffing your outer layer. Although the initial outer Leathery shell is what everyone sees. It is the second layer of the baseball that is a little bit more chaotic. It is wrapped to and fro with string and when unraveled, looks like this. This string, although it may appear chaotic, has a pattern to it. It represents my journey. It represents the path and choices I've made along this journey. Several times I can recall not wanting to wake up in the morning to go to formation. (laughs) I wanted to roll over and get more sleep. However, I remember every time hearing Major Claiborne's voice, not literally right next to me in my bedroom, but the loyalty to your element is everything, he has said time and time after again. After rehearing these words, my boots would hit the floor and I'd be up and ready for the day. Whenever I'd get lazy with my work, relax, the day's cold, and assignment, I would start to hear Coach Davis's voice, this is only everything, to remind me that the task at hand is the most important task. Whenever I found myself struggling with my faith, Dr. Laporte would always take the time to speak with me and redirect me, even at times after I'd finished taking his class. If I ever found myself unfocused, even now as a senior, I can still hear Mr. Kamal's voice in my head. Pay attention, Nico, you might learn something. <laughs> Although I'd love to share instances and ways that people in this chapel have influenced me in my life, I do not have the time to go over all the influences that have helped shape my journey. I want to take this opportunity to thank my teachers, the administration, Corps of Cadets, Coach Davis and Coach Eason, Mr. Kamau, Dr. Laporte, my Scoutmaster, Dr. Cubriel and the Crawfords, because you have helped and guide my strength, helped guide my path all along the way. And sometimes when I wanted to wind one way or go down the wrong path, you were there to gently remind me that I should have been going a different direction. This string, this path that I take, is actually not the most important part of the baseball. Right now, I'm gonna drop a few F-bombs, so I apologize to the administration in advance. Please don't shut my mic off. Faith, family, and friends, those are the F-bombs. And this is what brings me to the most important part of the baseball, the core. Without this part of the baseball, the baseball's weak. It's just a bunch of string and leather The center part of this baseball is the essence of the baseball. It is the lifeblood, it is the oxygen. It is the heart of the baseball itself. Without this heart, the baseball is an empty shell filled with strain. Faith, family, and friends are what form the core. The experiences had are nothing without the values that shape the core. The love for God, the love for family, and the love for friends are what make our cores. Lastly, Mom, Dad, thank you for everything. I cannot possibly begin to list all the endless ways that you have taught me to love. For Without you, I wouldn't be here as an extremely proud son, blessed to call you my parents. Thank you.
0: Our final chapel talk from last week is by Audrey Zardowski. Audrey started attending TMI during her freshman year. Next year, she's planning to study biology or pre-veterinarian track. When not in class, you'll find Audrey reading, playing softball, listening to music, or just enjoying time outdoors. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this senior chapel talk.
3: I sit in a cold, mostly empty classroom in a building completely foreign to me and wait as other kids start to trickle in. My shirt is bright white and freshly ironed. My skirt is an uncomfortable thing resembling a burlap sack. The classroom is bland with beige walls, desks, and a few random learning is fun posters. The teacher walks in and introduces themselves and proceeds to call roll. Everyone's names are called first and last until the teacher pauses on my last name and a butchered version slowly worms its way out of their mouth. They look at me with a confused look on their face. I politely correct them and tell them the G is silent and that I'm used to it. This was a more recent incident, but a variation of that scenario has been happening all my life. I've gotten used to it though, and now it's almost a game to see who can create the worst version. As you saw on the screen, my name is Audrey Zardowski, spelled Z-G-A-R-D-O-W-S-K-I, and 99% of people say my name wrong the first time. More than half of those people still get it wrong on the second or third time and a select few still can't say it after years of knowing me. While my name is not the most difficult to spell or sound out after you get past the Z and G, people just can't get past those two letters. I've been told my name also defies the English language because it ends with the letter I. It's bad enough being called last for everything, but to add insult to injury, people still can't say it right. It is a happy occasion when a teacher decides to select us in reverse alphabetical order because then I have everyone beat. I've been playing sports all my life and my brother and I used to get the little team trophies with our names on them. While I don't really have this problem anymore, back then we would love to look at the trophies and see how badly they had spelled our last names and even sometimes our first. It was almost as if the companies thought we had spelled our names wrong on the order. We would find our names spelled with a Y at the end or with multiple letters missing. Now my brother has to deal with our last name barely fitting on his baseball jersey. Just last year, my parents both did DNA tests because they were interested in where our family came from. We discovered, to no one's surprise, that my father had overwhelming amounts of Eastern European ancestry, particularly Polish. Irish, Finnish, Scandinavian, and German were a few others that we pretty much expected. My friends have come up with many nicknames, mostly butchering my last name. Zigadardowski, Zagardowski, Gardowski, just to name a few. I've learned to love these nicknames. No one has the intention to be mean, and I know that. And honestly, it's kind of funny to hear how badly people pronounce my last name. People have suggested just dropping the G so that it's a little bit easier to pronounce. But it's part of my heritage and something to be proud of because I know there were others in my family's past who have gone through the same experiences surrounding pronouncing our last name. My name came over from Poland around 1900. It has been worn by a New York City fireman, a tugboat captain, and a few generations of Navy men. A baseball player and now a TMI student. All of those that came before me have had to endure the experience of explaining the pronunciation of our last name. My last name always makes me think in situations where I want to forget something has happened, whether it is embarrassing or stupid. Stupid. I think just like how I wouldn't get rid of the G, I wouldn't get rid of unpleasant memories because they shape us into who we are. This sounds incredibly cliché now, but if we didn't have these bad, uncomfortable memories, we wouldn't know that it wasn't okay to do it again. These unfortunate memories teach us, even if they happen over and over again, like someone mispronouncing your last name, we wouldn't get very far without these life lessons. I'm sure I'm not alone in having a weird, unpronounceable last name. I know sometimes you hate it or think it's annoying having to explain it to every new person. But bottom line, you are still proud of your last name and its history. And I bet you probably wouldn't give it up for the world. You wouldn't even remove a letter to make it easier to say because it's your last name. Why should it have to change? Even though my name might be mispronounced, misspelled, or even downright made fun of, I am proud because of its history and story. I hope that in my time here at TMI, I have made it a symbol of substance. So let me spell it out one more time. It's Z-G-A-R-D-O-W-S-K-I, and the G is silent. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www dot tmi dash sa dot org